Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friends of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Brad. And I'm your host, Sarah. And this week on the show, we have the lovely pleasure of talking with the author of Star Wars, Be More, Obi-Wan, Kelly Knox. Kelly, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. Yay! Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So happy to have you here. Uh, It's been about two weeks since your book has been out in stores and on the interwebs. Um, This is your first, uh, even though you have written for StarWars.com and written about Star Wars before, this is your first Star Wars uh, book, uh, aside from, I believe, before you did the Vader Immortal digital art book. So this is really the first one that's in like a hardcover bound copy in stores. How does it feel to be like a, a Star Wars author at this point? I'm sure everybody says the same thing, but it sounds or it's pretty surreal. Like you don't believe that it's something that you wrote. The weirdest part is thinking that people are going to read it, which I hadn't thought of until it came out. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a bit of an adjustment, but it's it's good. It's all good. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I feel like that's always people's like you know you're a Star Wars fan your whole life, and when you finally get to like put your own words on a page and like breathe your own life into uh, the Star Wars galaxy, it's such a probably such a unique feeling. Um, I want to take us back for for you and for those of our listeners who might not be familiar like with your path as a Star Wars fan. Like when did your uh, when did your personal Star Wars fandom start? When did you first get your experience to that world and like? How has that kind of grown since? Uh, so this answering this always kind of reveals my age, but um, I remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the movie theater when I was six. So that's like my first, one of my first movie going memories, one of my first memories actually. Uh, and I remember it because the film strip broke in the middle of it because back then, you know, it was actual film strips. And if you were unlucky, they would snap and that actually happened. And so everybody yelled at the screen of course so like that moment yeah (laughs) and i remember exactly when it was it was when the ewok steals the oops the speeder bike and uh every time i see that part in return of the jedi like that's where the film strip broke so yes that's always (laughs) always in my mind exactly right uh so that's always my first uh star wars memory um and then after that you know we had wobbly tapes recorded off hbo with the original movies and watch those over and over um, pretty much stayed a Star Wars fan childhood, and then, um, but it was a very private thing because back then girls weren't supposed to like Star Wars, so I didn't really share it with many people. I always got teased when I did, so it wasn't really until maybe college I started like, you know, talking about it a little more. And at that point, you know, the prequels had started to spin up, and so everybody was sort of a Star Wars fan then. So then it was full steam ahead, and um. I ended up uh, working on Star Wars Galaxies, the MMO game, and that was my first professional Star Wars work. Um, And then I moved to Seattle and became a mom and a freelance writer, and that's where I'm at now. Huzzah! (laughs) Until this moment. (laughs) Right right here. (laughs) Yeah, right here. Uh, What (laughs) to writing? Um, And and did you always have a passion for writing uh, or want to be a writer when you were young? Um, I, I did. I remember, I would say my passion came from a lot of reading, especially as a kid. Like I was one of those kids who tried to figure out how to read in like the shower with one arm out the shower (laughs) curtain and trying to wash my hair at the same time. Like that's how, how much I was into it. And so I always liked reading. I always liked, um, writing, but when I went to 
uh, college, it was more of a focus on the reading. I, my English degree is more on the, on the reading part, and I wish I had taken some writing classes, but I did not plan that well. Not that anybody planned college all that well, but that's how. <laughs> uh, so I had my English degree, and then after, uh, since I graduated college, I started working as a technical writer, which was mm. very boring. But it was my first professional writing job. What were the things that you were like reading growing up that made you feel like, oh yeah, writing is something that seems like a really fun profession? Was there anything that you were just obsessed with and hyper fixated on as a kid? Because like I, for me, it was like Lemony Snicket, like that whole series. I loved uh, that as a kid, you know, like, so was there any like core books that really uh, brought you to that point? Oh, that's a great question. I do remember reading Stephen King way too early. Um, but I, I read a whole bunch of Stephen King, like starting in middle school. But I also Hopefully read not stuff too much like, of the scary ones that will stick with oh, you. Oh yeah, all the scary ones. Yeah, <laughs> The Stand, which is now a terrible, terrible book to, <laughs> to read. I don't think I could read it again. Um, so yeah, that's a, like completely random. Like it would one day I would read Sweet Valley High or Babysitters Club, and the next day I would start you know a Stephen King book. So it was pretty much anything I could get my hands on. Uh, cause you those know, back the then, same thing. Yeah. They, yeah those are the exact same same thing. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back then you couldn't, I mean, there's nothing on TV. And like I said, we just had, you know, VHS tapes taped off the TV. So I think, uh, I think kids in the eighties kind of had to read a lot more than maybe they, at least with my daughter, at least, uh, you know, more than they do now. So. I'm a fellow Stephen King fan myself, so I share that uh, share that love with you. Um, still, so many books I have to catch up on, but he's Brad, got such a you, knack for uh, the craft. Did you start reading Stephen King too early? I actually read The Gunslinger in like sixth grade, so we share that. We, we read some Stephen King <laughs> in, in middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Dark. I still haven't finished the Dark Tower series, but it's all right. I'll get there some There's point. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> I read my first Stephen King in college. So like, that's, that's crazy. I, I was like not reading this level of books. <laughs> I love did it. Did you ever, did you ever read his, uh, on writing? Like, I know that's a, a popular read that a lot of writers go to and did you like learn anything from that or did that um, help paint? Like what kind of writer you wanted to be even? It, yes, it absolutely like changed how I looked at writing. The most specific thing. And I think most people say it too is, um, that stuck with me was not using adverbs when you write, like nobody should say anything quickly or should say anything firmly. He says, um, they should get that from the context. If you do a good enough job setting up the scene or the conversation. And so that was one thing that I remember reading going like, Oh my gosh, this guy's brilliant. Um, <laughs> and it makes, I need to read it again. It's been so long, but yeah, things like that, like, uh, made a huge impact on my, on my writing. I was, I mean, I, I did take some writing in college, but like reading things like that, I think probably made a little more of an of a impact on my memory. It's a great book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So in the process of writing this book, how did this project come to you? And, and uh, what was your process of uh, putting this book together? So I'd worked with this, the editor that got in touch with me on Marvel Monsters, which was uh, like a collection of all the old school from the 60s and 70s monsters that uh, like Stanley and the, all of that uh, era used to write for Marvel. Uh, so we did Marvel Monsters. And then a few months later, she got in touch and said, 
oh, you hear the deep breath I'm taking. She said, you, you know, you talk about Star Wars so much on Twitter. <laughs> we thought of you for this <laughs> Obi-Wan book. And I was immediately like embarrassed, but I was like, yes, I know. I know Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we, we started from, from there. Yeah, they got in touch. Uh, and so the process started. Um, it was pretty quick, uh, mostly research. You know, I watched all the movies again because I wanted to make sure to get all the all the Obi-Wan eras in there. And um, I asked if the animated series were a fair game to use. And they said yes. And I got really excited and went back and watched some Clone Wars because I figured feel like there's some prime some prime obi-wan in the clone wars so yeah most of the process was uh re-watching a lot of i didn't have to rewatch the original trilogy that sounds snotty but i think i was like i, I got him in those but i'll go back and watch the prequels and uh in the clone wars so i did that and i saved like all my favorite quotes and uh from there started narrowing narrowing it down yeah, it's uh, always fun to do the rewatch, especially through a, a new lens, like when you're trying to approach it in a very specific way and approaching it through like what lessons would Obi-Wan teach. I, I love this whole series that that DK has, like the Be More series. Yours coming like right after the Obi-Wan series came out is like really good timing. Um, was it exciting to be in that? mindset like kind of just living breathing drowning in obi-wan <laughs> while, you know, while you're creating this you're like oh it's obi-wan season baby like we're going yeah like does that, um, does that so- excite you even more to keep you keep you motivated <laughs> uh it it did i absolutely enjoy drowning in obi-wan um when i when i was putting it together yeah, i was gonna i think when i was putting it together we knew the series was coming, but I didn't know when or, you know, anything. There hadn't been a trailer or anything yet. So I just knew of it and had the general idea of what it would be about. So, but I was hoping they would come out around the same time. I assumed the book would, would kind of be around that same time. So yeah, I was, I was, it probably made me a little even more pumped for the series, which I didn't think was possible. So <laughs> it's like you're a, an official part of the summer of Obi-Wan. You know, there's such a great slate of like things uh, like between the show and, of course, Brotherhood and Padawan and the convention exclusive cover of uh, Stories of Jedi and Sith. Be More Obi-Wan is totally part of that like pantheon of amazing Obi-Wan content. And I am so (laughs) thrilled about it (laughs) Um, because this is for me, I think my favorite of the Be More series so far, because I think it um, perhaps is the most universal um, of the stories so far. We know we got Boba Fett, which talks a lot about work and, um, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is work ethic, I guess, and and kind of persevering through that. And of course, Be More, I think there's Be More Vader. Um, Now I'm getting all these books in my mind. Um, But this one really, I feel like is talking a lot about um, being yourself and like perseverance uh, and, and understanding the situation around you. What were some of the uh, key moments that brought you to these um, key pillars we have of facing challenges, keeping perspectives, staying focused, et cetera? Um, So that, that definitely came from, looking at all of the, the the quotes I was talking about as a whole um, in terms of how Obi-Wan talks to everybody else, especially Anakin. Um, I think you can learn probably the most about him from his interactions with Anakin. Uh, and then the scene in Attack of the Clones where Anakin's, you know, chasing Zam down and he's just a mess. And Obi-Wan says, uh, 
patience, use the force, think. That quote, which is in the book, I felt was like, that's that's Obi-Wan, right? That's his entire strategy for how he approaches problems and being a Jedi. And um, So using that sort of as the basis, that's where I think all the themes kind of came out from that. Once I figured that out about Obi-Wan, then, it, then I moved on to the other the other themes but he's a he's kind of a very tragic character i think other than leia he probably loses the most in star wars but he's still like you said he perseveres he you know he stays he stays patient he thinks like all those things i think really set him apart and so once once i got that theme down that really helped I think we would both agree that Obi-Wan is one of the most tragic characters. I feel like that's something I've been <laughs> has been thinking about a lot this uh, summer as we have gotten the Obi-Wan Kenobi show because, oh my gosh, 10 years mm-hmm. on a desert planet after your, um, your like on and off girlfriend is dead and your, your brother slash Padawan slash BFF is dead and his wife, a long lifelong friend as well, essentially is dead <laughs> and he's dealing with a lot. <laughs> Yeah, And he's just somebody who cares so much. So like within all this like message of perseverance and patience is really it's it's all because he has a caring heart behind all of that. And I think that comes through in all of these lessons as well. Yeah, you mentioned to the like Leia and, and Ben being the tragic characters. And I, I really love how that came through so clearly in the series. And, and like people started talking about that because I think traditionally we think of Obi-Wan and Luke's relationship and that mentorship but now i I feel like in hindsight of the series like you know obi-wan's a tragic character that passes on lessons to leia who becomes a tragic character who passes on lessons to you know poe and finn and ray and all them so it's sort of this like generational uh teaching that happens with with all of these characters considering like all the lessons that you put from your own passion and knowledge of obi-wan into this book and like coming out of the series do you feel like there were a couple lessons that really shine through the most on the show that you were kind of like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen? You're like, I wrote that. <laughs> uh, I was nervous the whole time, right? Because I was like, what if something happens in the show that completely undoes like a lesson that I already wrote about? But by the end, I was like, okay, cool. This, you know, he's still Obi Wan. He might try and say he's Ben, but he's still. He's still Obi-Wan. He's still there. I'm not going to face my fears. I'm going to run away from them. (laughs) Yeah. So he went through that. That's actually the lesson I was going to say. That's the one that had me worried the most because um, it's uh, it's in the the book, the Luke's quote that confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi, uh, which is something that I think uh, is what what Obi-Wan has to do in... um, in the series, because the, uh, I mean, the, at first we see him running away from Darth Vader in that second or third episode, I can't remember which. And uh, he gives Leia that fantastic analogy of, you know, turning on the light when you're scared. And I kept yelling at the screen, like, just turn on the light, use the force over <laughs> And I feel like eventually he does, he does choose to, mm-hmm. fa- like, he goes and he faces Vader. And so I feel like that confronting his fear uh, theme that was in, in the, and be more Obi-Wan. I was so happy to see that show up in the, in the series. Um, but yeah, I was totally, totally nervous for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan is somebody who, uh, even amongst some of the stories that we're getting now between like Padawan and brotherhood and, um, the Obi-Wan series, like I think fear is definitely something that he struggles with and tries to overcome. Right. And that's the difference between him and 
many other characters who give into that fear, like his own, his own Padawan. Right. And I think that's some of the, the beauty and the wisdom of his character, which shines through and, and, you know, how you wrote it in here. That's actually um, something that I think is easy to forget about Jedi that I think maybe the, like, especially the writers of the high Republic and the writers of the stories that we see now, which is they're, they're scared. Like Jedi still get scared. Like everybody else, what matters, like you said, is how they, how they react to it or how they handle it. Um, in Anakin's case, he just goes completely overboard, right? He gives into the fear of losing Padme. So I, I really, I like the distinction that Jedi feel fear, but they have to confront it and they have to deal with it. There's one thing I love about this book and, you know, as as you go through these lessons and you're reading kind of uh, these, these lessons that you've written, some of them directly relate to uh, Obi-Wan's actions. And some of them are uh, or have examples of, of the actions of those around him and, and kind of how he approaches them. One of my favorite, if I may just <laughs> quote a little bit here. Uh, this is from Remember the Big T- Picture. For instance, if you see your childhood crush in danger, you might want to abandon your miss- the mission and go straight to their rescue. But come to your senses. They'd want you to finish a job and help turn the tide of battle. Not to mention they can fend for themselves with them some quick thinking and their tireless tenacity. This is a great example. I love this. But it's also kind of funny. There's a, there's a good laugh in there because, um, yeah, like what if you just are witnessing your childhood crush? Uh, were you thinking a little bit about, um, you know, of course, this is like a not a real life situation. So I guess I'm, the question I'm asking is like, were you kind of uh, thoughtfully injecting some humor into this? And and like there is a bit of playfulness in in some of these examples. And I mean that with nothing but compliments because it makes the reading experience so much more delightful when you're like, ah, yes, that's not an experience that happened to Obi-Wan, but he definitely responded to it like this. And it makes sense. Um, so that that one in particular is is pretty much another way I approached some of them was uh, watching a scene, like I said, between Anakin and Obi-Wan in particular. That is in, that one's near the end of episode two where Padme falls out of the transport mm-hmm. and Anakin freaks out. So I, if anything, I had to dial back on being a little bit cheeky about some of those <laughs> scenes. Because, yeah, I, I do kind of get a little... Not too inside jokey, but maybe a little bit. And so that was maybe my biggest challenge was, you know, I have a tendency to make puns and joke a little Wait, bit. And so I, and sometimes. <laughs> the, twi- the, the Star Wars Twitter pun, pun uh, King of the Hill. Yeah. yeah Brad said so- we had to come with puns to this episode and I did not prepare. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't think. I don't, I'm not, I'm not good at jokes. I'm not good at memes. So I'm like, I'm like chronically unfunny. Um, so I did not come to repair. I don't even think my puns could live up to your puns. So that's the thing. No, they could, they could. No, it's just, uh, so finding, finding that balance, I think was a, a good, uh, experience writing, writing this book. Uh, the, the only one I would say that had a personal connection was the, um, the who's the fool, the fool or the fool who follows him, or who's the more foolish. Um, that one I used to say to myself um, when I was chasing certain boys <laughs> growing up. <laughs> I would tell myself, I would literally look at myself and say, okay, who's being more foolish now, Kelly? And I, I kind of stop and look at what I was doing a little closer. I don't think I mentioned romance in that in the book per se. One of Obi-Wan's quotes that I kind of lived by my whole life. <laughs> I've got a Star Wars quote that I'm, I is like specifically my intention in 2022. So I, I love that. 
<laughs> no, while we're while we're talking about lessons from the books, um, this is this is the the final lesson here, which I think is a, a great one. Um, don't stoop to their level. Hashtag spoilers. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we had we had um, Brotherhood, which alluded to the Roth's novel. We had Shadow of the Sith, which alluded to the Roth's novel. And whether or not you meant it, this lesson alludes to the Roth's novel. It's just the Roth's novel summer. But you say in here, um, you know, you're talking about your your enemies and turning your focus inward and like, what can you do to make it right? And it says, Obi-Wan responds to hate with love, right? And so I immediately thought of like, you know, love can ignite the stars, like one lone candle. And I really love like how you say, make the choice, make the same choice and the force will always be with you, right? So I think that, um, you know, I I am a, a lover when it comes to Star Wars. I want redemption for all characters. I want everybody to <laughs> hold hands and sing Yub Nub around the campfire <laughs> at the end of the night. Um, and we all go our merry way, right? And I love that. Like that is kind of what leaves off the book. What What do you kind of feel inspired uh, that lesson? And like, how do you view love over hate within like Star Wars? Uh, so that scene in particular, I think, shows yet again. You get the idea of how Anakin is as a person by how he responds to Anakin. And most people, you know, when you're facing somebody who's glaring at you and telling you, you know, they hate you with their whole heart. Um, most people's reaction would probably, you know, yell or I hate you back. And I think it was really telling that that's not what Obi-Wan does. And again, that was something I was super curious about in the series, how he would react to saying Vader, uh, if he still, you know, had that. I don't think he, he says loved past tense. So I don't know if he would say anything like that again. And I don't think he really did, but the choices I think, think he makes in the series you know everybody said well why didn't obi-wan just finish him off and it's it's obvious that's not who obi-wan is and so i think that 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 lesson in the book and that quote in particular just gives you a lot of insight into obi-wan um just as a character and as as a jedi um because hate is very it's a very selfish feeling and the Jedi are all about selflessness. That's hard to say. And so I think that's uh, I think that's why Obi-Wan and I would say Qui-Gon and only a few other Jedi are just like the the pinnacle of what the Jedi could be because he is one of the most selfless. For sure. I fully agree. He the the Jedi can be a, a flawed kind of organization, but at their best, they are people like Obi-Wan who um, are deeply caring uh, and selfless. And I really, I think, have found a new appreciation, have always loved Obi-Wan, but like have found a newfound appreciation after watching the Kenobi series as well. And like really getting to visualize that uh, 10, in the, in the middle of that 20 years he sat out in the desert uh, and understand him a little bit better there. You talked a little bit about like being a little bit nervous about the content of your own book versus the series. But in kind of diving into Obi-Wan's character and rewatching aspects or Obi-Wan-centric aspects of the, the whole saga, were you more excited about like the prospect of what could happen in Obi-Wan? And, and you're like, okay, I've got such a, a lock on his character and these are all the things that, that uh, I, I want to happen or not necessarily like, uh, in the speculation of that, but did it just make you more excited to go into that series? Um, yeah, because there's, 
actors aside, there's very much a difference in Obi-Wan from the prequels to the original trilogy. And all I, all I really wanted from the series is exactly what we got, which is the story of how he got from A to B, how he became Ben Kenobi um, and his outlook at the, you know, outlook on the empire and all the things that he had gone through in the times that we don't know what, what he's going through. And so I absolutely love that it wasn't an easy, you know, he's, he's not cracking the jokes at the beginning of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Like Mm -mm. you see how sad and lonely. And then to find out that he thinks he killed Anakin for the last 10 years, like it's heartbreaking. Uh, And so watching him make an actual journey to, I think I said this on, uh, on Twitter, which is he didn't, he didn't lose faith in the force. The faith that he lost was in himself. And so seeing him take that journey um, to get that faith back and be comfortable with being this new person, Ben Kenobi, who's not, he's not just hiding behind Ben. Now he is Ben. He's kind of like a, a dip, bit of a different person in the original trilogy. And so I, I really loved seeing him make that journey. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's, totally. no, totally how, I, that's, that's how I approached the series. That's all I wanted from the series was just seeing him, how he gets to be the original trilogy Obi-Wan. And I think they did a brilliant job. Was there anything while you were writing the book where you thought of Obi-Wan in a new way? Like, because obviously we have our preconceived notions of like what his kind of core lessons would be, like the ones that are very obvious and glaring. But were there any that you came up with that you were like, oh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this as a, a lesson that Obi-Wan might give, but now it's so obvious now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I think it would probably be the... Um the Clone Wars quote that you can kill me, but you can never destroy me. That one, like I sat and thought about for a long time, because um, I think that quote shows you a little bit why he does what he does in A New Hope, or he chooses, he chooses his own end. Uh, he's not letting Vader destroy him, right? He's letting his story be over, but it's on his terms. And that was not something I had thought about, I think, until I, you know, really thought about what that, means when he says that to Maul in the saddest episode of the Clone Wars episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I was like making it through. It's like the second to last one in here. I'm like, oh, great. I've made it through here without a, a Satine reminder. And I was like, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Four pages left. So there's the lawless. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. I, it, then, and then in, in the Brotherhood, Mike Chen brings up like, has as Obi-Wan bring up Satine at like every turn. Like he's clearly always thinking about her. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> I know. I, know. I oh, didn't man. think we'd get her in the, in the TV series, but I, I was kind of hoping. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. to mention. For sure. I think you, you, I mean, I can say for certain you are not alone in, in that. Just like, <laughs> but what if? But what if? <laughs> Yeah, we were all having our prayer circles every Tuesday night, waiting, waiting <laughs> eagerly. <laughs> but no, this is a great one, too, because, I mean, you say in here, only you have the power to define who you are, um, and they may taunt or tempt you, but they can't change you without your permission. And I love that because, like, Obi-Wan obviously goes through so much in his life, right? There's so many things that could tear him down and that he could allow other people to tear him down through. But like every single time he like makes the choice to rise up. Right. And it's the same thing with like Leia, right? Leia is a character who loses everything. You know, speaking of those tragic figures and she makes the same choice to maintain hope and symbolize hope despite like being literally the saddest, <laughs> saddest person ever, probably. 
you know? She keeps fighting. Like, she literally loses everything. Her entire planet. Yeah. Luke and I, oh, she loses everything and she keeps fighting and it's so sad and I don't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> These characters and their seemingly endless tenacity uh, give me so much hope. And so I love to talk about the lessons that they, you know, give to us uh, throughout their stories, because I think even though some of us may never experience um, the, the the tragedy on the same level and, and, you know, God willing, none of us will experience that level of uh, tragedy, but we can still take something away from each of their stories and be like, okay, if, if this fictional character can do it, so can I uh, through our tough times. And I think that this is what this book is so great at getting at is because it's pulling on all of those uh, strings about how you can push through tough times and and how you can stay on that right path for yourself throughout all of that. Um, and so this is one, this is really a book. I just am complimenting you. There's no question here, um, but uh, this is really a book that I think you can give to uh, Star Wars fans and readers of any age, because, you know, you give it to an easily give it to a graduate. You can give it to somebody who's going through a tough time. You can give it to a parent. You can give it to a young person. And I think everybody could find something to enjoy and to take away from this book and i think that that's why it's just so universal in that way anyway that's the end of my compliment I, no questions oh, thank you. <laughs> are there any perspectives on like life or even the character and or the character of obi-wan that you feel you hope readers walk away from this book because again it is such a it's, it's a character that everybody understands like so well now and so writing something where you hope it kind of injects a little bit of new life into people's understanding of it is always a challenge, right? So um, what do you really hope like people take away from this? So a couple lessons pretty much deal with the fact that, like I said earlier, Jedi get scared, you know, Jedi fail. And so I think the idea that looking at failure as something that's just a part of the process is a like a personally very... A meaningful idea. Uh, I think that's an Ahsoka quote in there that that I could get in at the last that we got in at the last minute because I think it was pretty close to um, being in the Mandalorian. But um, where she says uh, firsts are always memorable. Like I always take that as a you know failure's okay, fear is okay. Jedi go through all these things too, and if a Jedi can push through it, we'll you know try to be more like a Jedi and push through it too. So I hope maybe it gives a little bit of a of a hope that you know we might not have the force but all of us can be a little more mindful can be a little more compassionate can accept failing and being scared and just keep keep going like tenacity like like sarah was saying so hopefully if there's some good quotes in there that can help with that if if anything else there's some really good pictures in that book and you can stare at you and mcgregor so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah it's a win-win for everybody exactly. great lessons you know <laughs> mcgregor <laughs> give it to the littles they can't read yet they'll learn the lessons eventually but right now they got obi-wan and mcgregor <laughs> lots of pictures of obi-wan <laughs> yeah I, I feel like too this book just in, in like larger life comes at a good time because we're going through like such um like trouble times right now, like with the pandemic and so much going on. Right. So I think it's, it's more important than ever to like be mindful and to try to exist in the moment. Cause I think there was one point in the book that was talking about like not worrying about the, the what ifs, but just focusing on like what's kind of in your control. And I think that it's like almost essential now. Right. Cause there's so many variables that we're dealing with. So I feel like this, like Sarah said, like this, 
is probably my favorite of of the bunch with the Be More series, and it's probably a, a matter of timing more so than anything else. But also the quality of the lessons and like how they're relating to our own life in this moment. Um, so it feels deeply personal on some levels as well. So I guess not really a question, some, some like Sarah said, a... but it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Compliment. Some of it is a little bit like uh, like not what not going through the what ifs like that stuff I've. I've told myself for a long time. So it's really nice to get that, to get, to be able to put that in the book and maybe hopefully help somebody else. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, parts of it are personal. <laughs> I definitely get that. I think that these lessons that we can take away are, are so applicable. Um, like that intention I mentioned earlier, it's from Daniel Jose Older's uh, Race to Crash Point Tower. So it's another Jedi moment and it's Master Kumpar talking to Ram Jamram and he goes, you got to have the part for the part and the whole for the whole and each part for the role it plays, not for what you want it to be, not for what you fear it to be, but just for what it is. So I, I have to say like that sort of idea of like not giving into the what ifs uh, and not <laughs> overblowing everything like is so incredibly vital um to kind of just maintaining your day-to-day ability to exist um and uh i think that's a super important lesson that this this book definitely um talks about so it's appreciated because you're not the only one who kind of deals with that i think so i mean i do here is against my uh, intention for this year i i will say that i think obi-wan gets that from qui-gon and i wish i could have used even more Qui-Gon jokes or even give Qui-Gon his own book because I think he's the master of the being in the present moment, being mindful, not what if thing. That's Qui-Gon 100%. So. All right, DK, you heard it. Here's the next one. <laughs> 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 Kelly was one movie. Please let me write him a whole book. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of actually uh, more books that you have coming out, um, Star Wars Every Day uh, is coming out here later in the year i believe uh i don't have the exact release date uh october 25th uh from inside edition so that's your next star wars book um is there anything that you can share about that or just uh getting to like have another piece of star wars publishing uh, under your belt um so that that one was an entirely entirely different experience because that was uh with ashley Eckstein. uh she did the she was the author and then i was the a co-author doing the crafts and then another co-author did the recipes uh and they were almost all the crafts uh started with ashley's ideas which was really fun and not at all what i'm used to because for starwars.com you know i have to i have to think of everything from the, the concept to the construction but working with ashley like it was really fun to collaborate and work through those ideas so yeah it was completely different than uh, be more Obi-Wan but it was super fun and I think there's a few pictures of there of the book out there like on bookseller sites and uh, it's bright and sunny and cheerful and it's just like Ashley and it's really fun and so I'm excited for, for people to see that one I think yeah. I did 20 25 crafts for that so that, that was a lot of work but it was a lot of fun <laughs> I feel like that's more creative ideas than I have ever had in my life. So props <laughs> to you. Um, I I did see uh, like this cover image of, I believe, like the Kyber crystal necklace. I saw that earlier today. I was like, I love this. And so I cannot wait to dive in and 
to see of all your incredible crafting work because I, I again, I am not all that creative of a person. <laughs> I'm like, you have a spreadsheet. I can read that. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to diving in and, and seeing what uh, you guys have cooked up in that book. So it should be, I think, really lovely. <laughs> It's so, it's so cute. I'm not just saying it because I got to work on it. It's really cute. <laughs> I do want to ask you though, like the starwars.com crafts that you do are so great. I think the, I think, didn't you do a high Republic one at one point, uh, recently, or you did a, I forget if you did one recently that was high Republic themed. I did. I, I don't think you can see them behind me, but I did. The Starlight um, Beacon bookshelves. one. Yeah. So I did a two or one bookshelf. I bookend gosh words uh and i made starlight beacon out of garbage basically like bottle caps and a chopstick and straws and whatnot so and then put it on the on the bookend so that that one was really fun and uh and then i again i don't know why i keep saying can you see this because it's podcast but i also made a lola (laughs) she's behind me too (laughs) she's made out of paper plates uh it's a kid's craft but i like her so much i hung her up in my office yeah i've everyone, been staring at her the whole time like, yeah. keep, I'll keep looking over i'm like hey lola I know. <laughs> for everyone who's like hmm, i wonder what these crafts look like you can find them on starwars.com if you just search like starwars.com kelly knox crafts they will just it'll be the first result on, on google so <laughs> yep. you definitely find them and <laughs> I, I too recent. Yep, they should be at the top. <laughs> yes, they they are, and I cannot believe how good the Starlight Beacon looks. Like I'm like, yeah, that's totally what it looks like in space. <laughs> it's so. <laughs> I fun. had a hard time like figuring out how I wanted to orient it, like straight up or crooked or whatever. But it's up to the whoever crafts it make it how you want. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the fun of it. You can always customize your crafts in whatever way you can. So that's what makes it super creative for every person. I think. You said you made the Starlight Beacon from garbage. Very appropriate, considering it becomes uh, sea garbage Whoa. at one point. Um, that- so I know, know it might be a little too soon. But, um, it's like, it's like poetry. <laughs> I am not joking. Okay. Uh- <laughs> I, do, I do have a follow-up, though. Um, what, like... <laughs> where like where did all this kind of crafting for you come about like when did you get into it when did you like did you first pitch this like a couple years ago on starwars.com and it sort of became like a running thing that you do or did you just always have a knack for crafting and diys um i didn't do i remember when i worked on star wars galaxies i made a we had like a stocking contest in the like a christmas stocking contest in the office and i made a wampa stocking and that was like the first star wars craft i ever did and then i didn't do like i wasn't really a crafter i didn't do much else until um my daughter was born and she was about two or three and she would wake up at like 5 five thirty in the morning and so i would look on pinterest for like crafts to make and eventually i got bored with what was on there so i was like we could just make this a little star wars just so i'm a little less you know <laughs> a little less bored and so i started to make my my own star wars crafts kind of for her age group around you know toddler preschool uh and i shared them online on twitter and the editor at starwars.com dan brooks saw them and he he sent me a message and said would you be interested in doing some for us at starwars.com and i was like yes <laughs> i tried not to freak <laughs> out <laughs> uh and then i don't know how many months or how long it took but eventually after a few crafts i was like you know i have um professional writing experience with other kinds of writing if you want more than crafts and he was like well why didn't you say so and so then I started doing like the more features and yeah and interviews and things like that so that's how it started was just um sharing the crafts on twitter it brings such joy 
Thank you. I feel like this is the lesson we're learning today is share your joy and your passion on Twitter because who knows? (laughs) right like seriously because you said you know the editor came to you hey you like star wars we see it on your twitter i mean just like sharing your passions and being um unashamed about the joy that whatever brings you joy brings you joy uh and and sharing that with everybody because the odds are that somebody else has that same joy maybe wants to talk to you about it (laughs) 100 percent. that's the same advice i give anybody who wants to get into writing or you know Mm. being an author it's awkward and it feels weird but you have to show what you can do you have to promote yourself and show it off and that's not what my intent was at the time but I know that that's that's how you get seen like you said you share your joy and it gets noticed it's a great lesson um find joy wherever you can find it especially nowadays (laughs) yes um so we like to wrap up here with some rapid fire questions and it's not a pop quiz or anything but just to uh get to know a little more about you before we we close out. So, uh, first thing I want to start with is what is your favorite uh, Star Wars movie? Um, a New Hope. That's the one I watched the most on that VHS tape, and I think I still have it all memorized. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. Do you have a favorite Obi Wan moment? Um, it's probably the one we talked about earlier, where Anakin says, "I hate you," and he says, "You were my brother. I loved you." Like, because. I talked about and rambled about. I think that shows Obi Wan at his Obi Wanist. <laughs> it makes me think of when everybody's like, "What's your comfort movie for Star Wars?" People are like, "Revenge of the Sith." <laughs> it's like, "What's your favorite Obi Wan moment?" The one where he's on the sands <laughs> and his brother's on yeah. fire. But I love fire. it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it really speaks to me. I'm honestly, <laughs> I'm one of those people that says Revenge of the Sith is my comfort movie. So it's, yeah, it's cool. yeah, me too. <laughs> So I'm right there with you. I'm like, oh, it's such a powerful moment. I love it too, but also so tragic. Star Wars is tragedy. So I'm I'm with you. Uh, do you have a favorite Obi Wan ism? I mean, there are just so many, um, and mm. I feel like it's been the year of Obi Wan isms, especially like seeing it pop up everywhere. Probably the who's the more foolish line, because um, like I said, that one's that one's been around for you know as long as I can remember. Um, but the most recent one that's stuck with me is just that whole confrontation with uh, Vader slash Anakin in, in the last episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, literally could not stop thinking about that conversation for weeks. <laughs> I think I'm finally over it. But uh, <laughs> the uh, I guess that's more Anakin or Vader's line. I, I think that was Anakin's line. But the um, the you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker line. Mm. Oh. I don't think that counts as an Obi-Wanism, but that whole scene... Uh, is currently like well, I, I guess an obi <laughs> could be Obi-Wan just getting emotionally hurt all the time so that, that does count I mean it's <laughs> pretty standard for, for Obi-Wan <laughs> <laughs> this poor man um, do you have a favorite Star Wars book fiction nonfiction, anything besides your own lovely book <laughs> I don't think I could name my book um, <laughs> you totally could I'm just saying I- uh now now it is definitely uh star wars brotherhood and it's a little selfish but it's because uh because my channel named a character after me <laughs> you know what no 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 that is an excellent reason happy happy being canon like <laughs> no shame in that it's my thought selfish but but it's also a fantastic wonderful book and i want to read it again and again but so yes, that brotherhood is uh it's my, my new favorite we're huge High Republic fans. Do you have a favorite High Republic book by chance or Ooh, something that like really got, me, you've just been enjoying? Let me think. 
So I love the higher public. Probably Midnight Horizon. Um, mm. That's that's Daniel Holder's one, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Reef was just so Reef Silas was so cute in that. I think that one. I think. <laughs> A lot of similarities with Reef and Obi Wan. They both love the archives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to see them go to the library together. Somebody should write that story. I know the timelines don't <laughs> don't don't line up, but it's okay. It's fine. Uh, didn't didn't Luke meet Elzar? Yeah, the, the comics. Com- yeah, I mean, comic. Anything yeah. can happen. Anything's possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't want to spoil the Padawan, but uh, higher public fans should read the Padawan. And yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, <laughs> read Padawan. <laughs> we agree. <laughs> Is there a Star Wars upcoming Star Wars project, book, TV, movie, uh, just something in the works uh, that you are the most looking forward to? Got to be Andor. I think I, I know it's the next thing, so that's easy answer but i love Diego luna and i'm really excited to see him again and see more of him and we get so many i can't remember what they announced but i feel like we get a lot of episodes in that series so i'm really i can't can't remember how many they said but it seems yeah, like a lot like 24, so I'm really excited for, 24 yeah, over like, two seasons yeah so yeah super pumped for that and you know i think uh i don't think it's gonna be any anything like we're expecting or like we've seen before i think it's gonna be a little more gritty or i don't know i'm excited just from the previews i'm excited to see maybe a little a little different story told there yeah, yeah. i think there's a lot of possibility there so it should be yeah. awesome can't go wrong with uh diego luna and genevieve o'reilly on my screen um mom mothma it's the mom mothma sans uh so you just add <laughs> sans to anything if you're excited that's that's the key that's uh, been our <laughs> being a star wars fan. so bad <laughs> It's gonna be the autumn of Mon Mothma. Yeah, <laughs> like we're we're like ready for like the the Coruscant sans, the Coruscants, you know, like Coruscants oh, coming back in the trailer. You... So it's in the it's in the Bad Batch. It's in Obi Wan. Like Coruscants everywhere. We're 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 living. We're living for it. Uh, <laughs> it's true. And but... our last yeah, our last question here, which we ask every guest, is what does Star Wars mean to you? That is a long answer. Um, <laughs> so I guess. Uh, ever since I was maybe middle school, high school, somewhere around there, I would uh, I would listen to the music uh, when I was, you know, feeling scared or sad. And so I think because of that, Star Wars has always meant like a very safe and familiar place for me. And I think it's still like that. Like, yes, it's still or now it's part of my job. And yes, I, you know, I talk about it a lot, joke about it a lot. But I think it all comes from that that feeling it used to give me of of feeling like the good guys are going to win and there's, you know, bad stuff's going to happen, but everything's going to be okay. And so I think that's maybe why we all love the story so much is because um, we know the good guys are going to win, which does not always feel like it's the case uh, in real life. And so I think Star Wars is always that for me, that feeling of safety, that feeling of hope um, and just a really good story. Perfectly said. So, Kelly, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on the podcast. And again, Be More Obi-Wan is out now, so everybody should be getting it. It's like a nice little pocket-sized book. It's uh, it's amazing. It's so fun to flip through and just wake up every morning, get some self-affirmation, positive thoughts going. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great way um, to start your day. So where can our listeners find you online? What do you got coming up that you need to, us to know about? Uh, anything on your mind? Oh, so you can find me way too much on Twitter. 
at at Kelly underscore Knox, uh, StarWars.com. Um, I can't think other than Star Wars Every Day. That's out in October. I think that's about it. I'm terrible at plugging my stuff, even though I just gave you a speech about, you know, self-promotion. I'm still pretty terrible <laughs> at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you again uh, for joining us and, and for all of you out there listening. Make sure you're following Friends of the Force on Twitter and Instagram for all of the latest updates on the podcast. And if you enjoyed the interview, leave a review for us and let us know what you enjoyed about the episode. Yes. And if you are so inclined, we've also got a Patreon where tears start at just a dollar and we are so grateful to all our patrons. So thank you. So once again, Kelly, thank you for joining us. Hopefully not the last time you join us. And for all of you listening, thank you. Until next time, may the force be with you always. Always.